Hi, everyone. It is Allison McGee, your host. I'm recording this on a day so overcast that it feels as if the sky is almost down to the ground, hundreds of times lower than it usually is, as if the sun has not really come up yet, as if it may not actually be in the sky at all up above those clouds. It's almost a solstice when I'm recording this, the time of year here in the far north when the sun, if in fact it is up there, starts going around down around two, or at least that's what it feels like. I just reread a note from a listener in Germany that I've been thinking about for a while now. Her email contains photos of a quote in German that is framed and on her desk. She writes, For a long time, I've been meaning to send you these photos showing a corner of my desk. Since angst has found entry into the English language, you'll probably understand the big question on, on the card. What would you do if you weren't afraid? When I saw it in a bookshop, I just had to buy it as I had many answers ready, more than I'd like to acknowledge. Now I know that you are a very fearless person, at least as far as you yourself are concerned. But maybe you have a poem ready for those of us who are not like you. been thinking and thinking about this email ever since I first read it. The question, what would you do if you weren't afraid, is maybe my favorite question. One that I've asked myself many times. One that I love so much that it's the central question of my novel, All Rivers Flow to the Sea, a question threaded throughout my own life. The listener stunned me with this line, I know that you are a very fearless person. And I wanted to stop her right there because, oh no, I am not. I'm filled with fear, fears of all kinds. Sometimes other friends say similar things and my only reaction is, no, 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 I am not at all fearless. And this has me thinking about our perceptions of others and how they may or may not shape our perceptions of ourselves and also what sorts of fears we each experience, maybe universally, but also specifically and individually. An old friend, one of my oldest friends, for example, is a rock climber. He's a pretty famous rock climber. He's climbed massive rock faces that make me dizzy and sick, even when I just look at the photos. Once, years ago, when I was in an airport and wanted to buy a magazine for my flight, I walked into a Hudson News and there on, I think it was the magazine Rock and Ice, there was his face on the cover, just smiling up with that huge smile of his. This friend has climbed massive rock faces his whole life. He used to climb buildings in college. He called it buildering. He would just scamper up the side of brick buildings. When I saw the movie Free Solo a couple years years ago, I couldn't stop thinking of him, especially at the part when they scanned Alex Honnold's brain and the fear part of the amygdala just didn't light up. My friend is fearless when it comes to rock climbing. 
Whereas I think I would die. I mean this literally. If I had to climb the vertical cliffs, he scrambles up like a mountain goat. So my question, is fearlessness only a perception on the part of others? years ago, I was on a flight to New York. We were trying to land, and I say trying because we'd already tried three times, maybe. Each time we had to swoop back up into the air at the last minute. The wind currents were wild that day. The plane was bucking back and forth. The captain had just told us, calmly, that we were a little low on fuel, but so he was going to make another loop, and then we would try again. All around me, my fellow passengers were throwing up into their barf bags, crying and praying. I sat there staring at my phone, which had two bars. We were low enough that it had bars. And I was trying to decide if I should call my kids one last time and just tell them how much I loved them and that I would always be watching over them. And my thoughts were... Would that just freak them out even more? Would it haunt them forever when they realized that I made those calls knowing that I was about to die in a fireball? Or, or would it actually be a good thing? And then the man across the aisle from me grabbed my hand and the woman in the window seat grabbed my other hand. So I'm holding two strangers' hands and both of them are crying. Both of them were terrified but something about me had made them think that holding my hand might help. I knew what the something about me was, and it wasn't me. It was the fake me. I've been living under an assumed identity for much of my life. <laughs> the fake me is unusual because outwardly she looks just like me, and even the people who know me the best don't know when they're dealing with the real Allison or the fake one. The fake one lives inside me and she takes over at certain times. And that question is her question. Allison, what would you do if you weren't afraid? When I tell her, she takes over. The fake me has been with me since I was a little girl. Witness to cruelty on the school bus and in the classroom and on the playground and elsewhere that I did not know how to handle. The fake me figured out what to do. She figured out how to act calm when I wasn't, how to ratchet down the tension in the room, any room. She knew how to survive. That fake me has stuck with me through life. She takes over when she's needed, like the time last year when I was hiking alone in the desert and I came around to bend to see a big fat rattlesnake stretched out on the far side of the trail. I am freaked out by snakes or I was, put it that way, a lifelong fear. And I was too afraid to move or think, and so the fake Allison emerged and asked me what I would do if I weren't afraid. Well, I'd see that the trail was wide. I'd remember that a rattlesnake can only strike half its length, as my boyfriend has told me multiple times. I would remember that the rattlesnake really didn't want to hurt me. And the fake me decided to run right past the rattlesnake, and we were both okay. 
The fake me lives somewhere deep and hidden inside me until she's needed. Whereas the real me is afraid to make waves, the fake me will speak right up. The fake me will make signs and march. The fake me will write letters, make phone calls, talk to people she's afraid to talk to. The fake me will defend others. Sometimes she will even defend me. She does what I am too afraid to do. She doesn't always come out in times of trouble either. She comes out at other times, like the time long ago when I was driving alone on the back hills of Tennessee and I saw this homemade sign in an alfalfa field that said, ultralight rides, $25, knock on barn door. <laughs> Yikes, I thought. But I also thought, wow, what would that feel like? The fake me told me what to do. Out I got and up I went to that barn door and I knocked and the farmer pilot came out and up we went. I have never felt so safe in a plane. There was almost nothing between me and the sky. It was silent. It felt as if I were air and not human, soaring above the hills in that tiny silent glider. Which brings me back to that flight to New York with the now silent crew which in my experience is never a good sign. <laughs> when the flight attendants and the pilot just stop talking. Oh, no. And the turbulence and the fear and all those filled up barf bags. With the crying man and the crying woman each holding on to one of my hands. Once again, the fake me took over and did what the real me would do if I myself weren't so afraid. She squeezed their hands. She smiled. She told them blatant lies, like, you know what, I've been in way worse turbulence than this. And planes are actually designed for just this kind of condition. We're going to be fine. We'll be on the ground in just a few minutes, I promise. The man and the woman stopped crying. The plane rocked its way down to that runway one more time, and this time, we landed. Everyone was fine. I was the only one who knew that the outside Allison wasn't me, it was the fake me. All my life she's been doing things that the real me is too afraid to do. And I keep hoping that someday I will actually be like her. So there you have it. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Is the question of a lifetime. But maybe it translates into another question. Is anybody truly fearless? Or is it just that we think they are? I don't know. I have no words of advice for our listener in Germany, but I do have words of solidarity. Words of solidarity are to me often much more comforting than advice. When I think of her question, do you have a poem for those of us who are afraid? It's this one by one of my favorite poets, June Jordan, that keeps ghosting back into my mind, as if being afraid is just one step on the way to being unafraid, as if being unafraid might be who we are when we recognize ourselves as our own strangers. Here's the poem.
These poems by June Jordan. These poems, they are things that I do in the dark, reaching for you, whoever you are. And are you ready? These words, they are stones in the water running away. These skeletal lines, they are desperate arms for my longing and love. I am a stranger learning to worship the strangers around me. Whoever you are, whoever I may become. That is it for today's show, my friends. And thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might like it. Give us a good rating if you're so inclined. Keep reading poems. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. June Jordan's beautiful poem, These Poems, is read with kind permission of her publisher, Alice James Books. More information can be found on alicejamesbooks.org. Words by Winter is created, hosted, written, produced, everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through, and I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me ever since I was a little girl. You can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com, or drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it's rough out there, and we have to help each other through. <laughs>